Welcome to Adulting Decrypted, the show where we break down the complex codes of common conundrums into logical living that we call adulting. We are your hosts. I'm Gene. My nose is a little snivelly, so I'm sorry for that in advance. <laughs> I am Ashton, and I, yeah, that's my name. Yep. I'm Gideon, and I know I'm 14 this week. I'm not 13. Hey, congratulations. Yeah, I mixed that up a couple times, yeah. And I'm Roscoe the Dad, and uh, I will be ageless forever. Today, we've got a very special guest with us. He comes all the way from Payson. No, Springville. Springville. Jesse, be good. Hello. Welcome. We're excited <laughs> to have you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, we we brought so ceremonial. <laughs> Jesse, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we didn't set you for that one, but yeah, no, it was pretty good. Welcome to the woodshed. I this is the finest woodshed I've ever seen. <laughs> yes, we're recording from Woodstead. Wood. Oh man, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck? Woodshed Studios. It's good to have you. We're excited. Jesse. Jesse is an expert in all things customer service. Um, part of customer service that we've talked about, Jesse and I've spent some time on, is having the hard conversations, and we we wanted to bring that to you tonight, as far as adulting decrypted goes, because we think that's a pretty important part of being adult. Yeah, for sure. So, how did you get interested in customer service, the whole customer experience, you know, in these conversations? What was the yeah, so I uh, have worked in customer-facing roles basically my entire life. Um, I estimate that that in my life I've facilitated more than one million customer service experiences. Uh, so I've worked with a lot of people, talked to a lot of uh, customers. I've worked with a lot of angry customers. Uh, and it's just something I really enjoy doing, especially as I... I uh, was going to school full-time and then working full-time to pay my way through school. I uh, just found that I really enjoyed the opportunity to work with customers. Now, I started out as a communications major. I uh, studied that for a few years and also have a degree in linguistics. And then uh, a few years back, had the opportunity to work for a great organization that teaches some uh, leadership and communication skills and uh, I'm certified in, in training their content and hope to share some of those good things I've learned from them tonight. Awesome. Thank you. Um, customer service jobs, I find that pretty interesting. Um, so obviously high school jobs, you worked in customer service, putting yourself through. Yes. What kind of customer service? What's some of the funniest customer service type jobs that you've had? Funniest or, or funnest? Funnest or interesting <laughs> or gee whiz? Uh, so I, I spent most of high school working at Wendy's. Any of you guys work fast food ever? Nope. No? Everybody's shaking their head. Everybody's shaking their heads. I worked in a movie theater, and that's about as close that's as I got awesome. to fast food. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I One of my weird personal beliefs, I think every person should have to work fast food. I think it would change the world and the way the skills that we learn i learned a lot of great skills there um how we communicate how we get things done um i think it would just be great learning if everybody was required to work a year in fast food and we'd all be a lot nicer when our food's not ready on time i like it that's a good that's a good probably a really good point fast food jobs 
Now, Ashton, you mentioned you worked in the movie theater. Yes. So I I used to work in a video store. Oh, there you go. Yep. Do you guys know what a video store is? That, yeah, like Blockbuster and stuff. Okay. Where you just go pick out Whew, stuff. That's good. That's, that's a good. good rec- that's yeah. a good, pretty good callback. I didn't know that they'd know what Blockbuster I'm, is. I'm glad. I, I delivered a presentation recently to a group of, uh, oh, we'll just say younger people. <laughs> and uh, I showed a slide that had a VHS tape. Do you guys know what a VHS tape is? I know what a VHS tape is. We're all affirmative on the VHS tape. And it had the sticker. What does the sticker say on the VHS tape? Really testing your knowledge here. This is a VHS tape. Nice try. <laughs> Roscoe, what's it say? Be kind, rewind. Be kind, rewind. Oh, that's, I, th- I thought I was going to say the title of the movie. Like That's that, where my mind was. Yeah, so, so this said be kind, rewind. And I was talking about some experience working at the video store. And uh, there was a young person in the audience. I'm going to say probably 20 years old. Did not know what it was. And when I talked about the video store and like dropping movies in the Dropbox, did not know what I was talking about. Uh, That's funny. You know, it's yeah, funny. I, mean, I can, I can remember the transition almost. I like. I rem- For some reason, I feel like I remember the moment of having to rewind movies and then no longer having to do it. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of cool. This is nice. Yeah. 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 Sitting at grandma's house, watching the blue screen, just kind of (laughs) like vibrate. (laughs) Like I want to watch this again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We, we had a lot of great times there. It's uh, fun. The access that you have to movies, obviously. Yeah. Um, I remember um, getting movies from the library. Like we could rent movies Mm. And when Ashton was talking about the Dropbox, I was thinking about the little hole on the side of the library where you pull the thing back, shove it in there. And <laughs> I think it's funny that your memory of the library is of renting movies, not books. Well, because I, I was remember dropping well, whatever movies off, not necessarily books off. It was it was because Ashton was talking about movies. I remember putting movies in there. Yeah. And not, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I remember putting books in there. So so what, what we used to do when I worked at the video store, because they, they had one of those where you could pull up on the side of the building, and then they had a little slot you dropped the movie in, and, and then we would check it every couple of hours, and at the end of the night to check in all the movies. But the actual box from the inside of the building was big enough that a person could fit inside. That is funny. And so what we would do, yeah, <laughs> well, we would, so when we had, like, somebody new working, It'd be like, oh, Gene, hey, your your shift's over. You can go home now. And then he would actually just go and hide inside the drop box. <laughs> and then the new guy, you always tell him on their first night, hey, you know, new guy always has to empty the movies out of the drop box. And then uh, when they go and open it up, you know, the surprise in there, rah, scares them and <laughs> everybody laughs and it's a lot of fun. So at the movie theater, we, we didn't have a drop box, obviously. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, believe it or not. Um, but what we did have is we had a mannequin and when you're, when you work <laughs> at a movie theater, like you tend to stay really late because you know, people go, yeah. go into their movie at 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. they don't get out till 12 and then you have to clean the theater super nice for the next day. And um, so we had this mannequin called Chester, and we got this new employee, and he was, unbeknownst to me, he was the uh, main manager's, general manager's cousin or something. Oh, okay. But he was, like, my age at the time. And um, I remember we, there was, like, these ghost stories that we would tell at this theater, like, oh, this specific theater is haunted because of, like, one time there was this girl and she died or whatever, you know, like your basic high school horror story sort of thing. But anyway, what we do at times is, you know, 
at least with this guy, um, I told my manager, I was like, oh, he hasn't met Chester. And my manager was like, okay, gotcha. And I was like, just tell him to go take out the trash. And what happened was is our, our theater was like this little rectangle, and then you had to go around to the back to put it in the dumpster, okay. the garbage in the dumpster. And I had been working there long enough that they'd let me get onto the roof and do all these sorts of crazy <laughs> things. And so and so this guy, I figured I was superstitious. I was setting him up the whole night, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, man, theater's haunted. It's crazy. And then he goes out to the back. I walk up to the top of the building, just throw the mannequin. <laughs> and you can imagine someone freaking out about that at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so, it's already a scary experience walking into a parking lot. Yeah. So. So there's our customer conversations. <laughs> there we go. And how we take care of customers. This is the, the right way to treat people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's to fellow employees, so that's not as much customer service per se. But um, that that's awesome. Great stories. Interesting high school jobs, right? But crucial conversations, I guess, is what it would be called. But what, I mean, what classifies as a crucial conversation? Yeah, so uh, there's a couple of things that, that make it a crucial conversation. So now I got to dig way deep. Uh, it's when the stakes are high. I I should be fired that I don't remember this. The stakes are high. The the, the people are uh, emotions. Invested, right? Emotions run strong, and uh, so stakes are high. What are some of the third one? What are some stakes that are high conversations that you guys would have on your way to become an adult? Well, I imagine in the jobs, like stakes that could be high is if you had a customer that wanted to buy a car or something. And you're like, well, if I get them this, then I'm gonna get probably a cut of this i don't i don't know yeah, if that's sure. how it works it's like it sells i know that's how it works when like you sell a house or something yeah. for some things like i could get a cut of this and if i don't then i get nothing or just like my normal hourly pay so. interesting so it might be high for one person but not the other right the person buying the car might or might not i guess it depends how much they're financing and where their pressure is okay i like it anything else that could be crucial let me let me turn it around. Can you guys think of like a tough conversation that you have had to face? Hello. If you're listening to this right now, that means you're currently listening to an episode of Adulting Decrypted. And let me just say thank you. My name's Ashton, one of the hosts of Adulting Decrypted, and I wanted to steal a quick second of your time to do a shameless little plug. If you've listened to our podcast for any sort of time, you know that we talk about a bunch of different stuff all about adulting because our goal is to help individuals in this task we call adulting. Now, we have just revamped the way that we do this. If you go to adultingdecrypted.com, you can see all of our episodes sorted out by category. We've sorted it into financial, practical, emotional, social, and things just for fun. So, if any of those categories are of particular interest to you right now, you can go onto the website, look through there, and see all of our episodes that correlate with that specific thing. This website's completely free to use. It's just another tool for our listeners to find things that are more important to them now. So, for example, if I was looking at it, I'd scroll through and say, hey, you know what? I want to see what the Adult Encrypted crew has talked about socially well one of our first episodes season one episode three how do i talk to people that's where we talked about all about it talk to people so if that's something you want right now you can go find that right now also in this one season three episode 15 the power of a humble mediator 
where we talked to one of my old bosses about his business as a mayor, also as a small theater owner. Some really cool stuff. So if you're looking for a better way to organize through all your self-help podcasts, try adultingdecrypted.com and enjoy the rest of the episode. conversation you didn't want to have to have with somebody one one that comes like ones that come to mind are like because we're talking crucial crucial conversations hard conversations maybe to start go through or finish i mean there's all sorts of conversations that come to my mind when i think of those um conversations when you have to tell your parents that you just broke something that Mm. was like really important and you're like well frick now how do i tell them like like that that just happened um conversations with like Especially when your dad's super calm about everything. Right, you know. Yeah, I was like, hey, me and Gene were playing with the BB gun. Um, I spun around after I pumped it ten times and pretended to pull the trigger, but accidentally pulled the trigger and shot something into the window. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you're just telling me this? No, no that was forever, forever ago. Oh, no. man. I, I thought it was something they just did because they've been playing oh, with man. the BB gun a lot yeah. lately. So I thought, crap, there's another window. forever ago. I was asleep just. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, so so conversations like those are always hard. You know, confessing to something, being yeah. like, well, frick, I screwed up. I mean, and then other conversations that are hard, like developing relationships with people, like girlfriends, you know, like it's that's conversations awkward. You've gone on a few dates, and then you're like, so, uh, like, we cool? You know? <laughs> like, yeah, that, those are definitely tough ones to approach, especially because, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, we're a bunch of dude sitting at a table what you guys <laughs> noticed no that women and girls communicate differently than guys do yes yeah a little bit what what are some of the differences you see for me yeah um i feel like the guys that i know tend to be a whole lot less wordy something that i've noticed yeah. a lot of the guys that i know like to be more concise when they talk um Crap. Now I'm running now I'm drawing a blank. Um Go yeah. for it, Gene. He's he's ready. So one thing we've been talking about in psychology is how society has shaped people to be different. Like boys it's always like man up, you're fine. Mm-hmm. You don't need to like cry and stuff like about that. So boys tend to not show as much emotion. Sure. So it's more body language than I would say verbal communication. Hmm. That's good. I like that. What about you, Roscoe? How do you and Michelle communicate differently? Well, um, about probably everything. <laughs> oh, no, you said how specifically. <laughs> we tease that sometimes I'm more of the uh, the girl when it comes to communication. I like to over-communicate. <laughs> I like to ask all these questions. <laughs> you know, Michelle's less wordy. Um, but that's just our dynamic, sure, right? Sure. Um, kind of kind of different. Um yeah, but but uh, I'm I'm emotional. I get hot headed. She's calm, mellow, um, reserved when she has to tell us talk about something that she doesn't want to talk about. Yeah, but but I think that's traditionally a little bit different, right? Normally the guy's a little bit guarded, a little bit quiet, and the girl wants to talk through all of the different feelings. And that is the stereotype. I know. Yeah. I like to talk. Why do you think we have a podcast? <laughs> I, like to, I like to hear my own voice. 
See, and I've, I've noticed with my wife and I, not that she necessarily talks more than I do, but we have found that we talk with different purposes. Mm. When I talk, if there's a problem we're trying to solve, um, my wife likes to like talk out the problem. And as soon as she starts talking about her problem, I'm instantly like, boom, here's a solution. Boom, mm. here's another solution. Boom, three solutions right there. Pick one. And I have had to learn with Conversation her. done. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, there's your solution. Let's go and fix the problem. And very often, she just she likes to talk it out. She likes to, to think about it, kind of uh, process her thoughts. And mm-hmm. I have learned over the years um, that when she starts to tell me about a problem she has, that I will just say, do you want me to solve this problem or do you just want me to listen? And what do you guys think she says? Listen. Yeah, most of the time <laughs> she guess. just says, just listen. Very rarely does she ever want me to solve the problem. And uh, I tend to, when I have a problem, I kind of stew about it and I think about it. And uh, yeah, so it's it's valuable to know that, that we all communicate differently. And, and even, I mean, that's different between men and women, but even men amongst each other will communicate differently. That's actually a really good observation is that we all communicate different. We all have different ways of approaching the same things, right? Because if you stew about a problem long enough, if you do bring it up, you're looking for help on a solution, right? Because you've already noodled it in your mind. Yeah, yeah. Or have two or three options you want to present and see what her take is on it, Mm -hmm. sounds like. And and at that point in time, you're saying, yeah, I'm looking for the solution or an agreement on the answer or feedback or right you're not just talking to hear yourself talk at that point in time yeah and and very often i i really like to brainstorm all of my solutions and then sometimes i'll i'll even tell her okay well let's brainstorm a solution to this problem and everything that i say immediately after i offer a solution she'll shoot it down and I have to remind her, hey, it's okay. Like, we're just brainstorming. Everything counts right now. Everything's open. We're just going to put it all on the table. Then we'll, we'll start poking holes in these, in these ideas. We, I, so kind of just thinking about that, um, like, I remember that was something that we did um, as a podcast when we were trying to start, um, was, like, trying to f- figure out how to kind of communicate the different ideas. And, like, Random, but advocating for the throwing everything out there. Mm-hmm. I remember we put when we were trying to decide what to call the, the podcast. We're like, okay, any idea goes, and we went through and threw down this whole list. And I think it was we through, had some pretty dang funny ones. We did. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't anyways, but there. keep going. Um, but but I think it was after we wrote down all the ideas, we weren't in love with any of them really, and I think at one point adulting decrypted was an offshoot of one of the original ideas so i feel like again advocating for like keeping all ideas open and out there is that you know you never know what one idea will actually lead to yeah and and that's what i've found is that i i consider myself kind of an idea generator i tend to come up with a lot of ideas and i know that nine out of ten of them will not be that good but i need to kind of sift through them to find that good one (laughs) all right 
Just so everybody knows, yeah, I'm good. Bless, bless, Gene, bless you. Gene. T- tell everybody what you just said. <laughs> I say sneeze whenever I sneeze. <laughs> Which is uh, pretty helpful, right? Because we didn't know what just happened. And the, yeah. So yeah. hearing him we say sneeze helped you, right? I appreciate that. I'll wipe the phlegm off my shirt now. He <laughs> <laughs> did cover. Gross. But it still might have came through the shirt. That's all right. Anyways, back back to what we we're talking about. <laughs> we did have one called adulting our fellow Homo sapiens. We thought was pretty funny. Wait, it was. I feel like that wasn't quite it. Either way, <laughs> I feel like there was a reason we weren't going to put it out there. Though, there was. Too, so there, yeah, there was a reason. <laughs> that one would have won if we were like. Uh, hey, we're just glad mom came out and no. gave her opinion because um, she came out and was. Fairly opinionated on yeah. some of them. Hence communicating. Yeah, I was gonna ask what what's your favorite that didn't get used, and it sounds like that was one of your favorites. It might have been one of my favorites. I'm trying to. Think. I think I think like an adult was also something that we had because that's why we had the little if, song, right? Yeah, I think it's still funny. Yeah, if, if people don't know, at the end of our episode, after the outro music plays, we have a little where we Gene and Gideon sing a song at the end <laughs> that's based off of like a virgin from. Was it Madonna? Yeah, it's Madonna, it's Madonna, right? And then so, but it the lyrics are changed to like an adult, and I think those were one of the ones where mom came out and she went, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like I be adulting, I be adulting yeah. stuff. Yeah, I don't. Anyway, so, so long story short, that was a crucial conversation for us. Yeah, Jesse, for trying sure. to figure out for a sure. name for something that we all want to put our a name out there and put something behind. Um, we perceived the stakes were high. They probably weren't, yeah. but in this little room, and that's what I find interesting is the stakes is high. Um, doesn't always, you know, Gideon mentioned a car. I find it interesting that, that to him that was a big one, but the stakes can be high for different reasons at different points in time. Yeah, I think one of the hard parts for me trying to have crucial conversations is I perceive the stakes are high on my end, mm-hmm. but I don't know what the other parties belief or opinion are on yeah. those stakes yeah well and i and i think that's often where a lot of the the trouble is right let's um roscoe you work in a position that you have employees that work for you and let's say an employee consistently shows up late and you see that as a problem the employee may not but you still have a conversation that you need to approach so how are you going to approach that conversation Listen, Jesse. <laughs> no, it would be more, hey, listen, Ashton, we appreciate you making an effort to come to work. However, <laughs> you're not quite cutting. No, but, but you're absolutely right. So so it would be something like that. Hey, um, we got to talk about this problem, you know, looking over your attendance or your time or your punches. Yeah. You know, I'm noticing that there's a trend here. It's fairly concerning based upon our need to start our shift on time. The, you know, I'd state that probably my needs, ask them then what's their reason for consistently being late. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think you nailed it there talking about the timing. Um, in Crucial Conversations, we teach a, a skill called Master My Stories. And the science of it is that you see or hear something happen, and then th- this is very quickly, very instantaneous your brain tells a story about why that happened and then you begin to feel emotions based on the story that you've told yourself. So if I have an employee who's consistently showing up late, it's easy to tell myself the story that this guy doesn't care about his job because he always shows up late. This guy's a slacker. 
does not care about his job. But those are stories. And so what we need to do is we retrace that path to action and look at what are the facts that I can see or hear, things that any person could observe. Are there other stories that I could tell myself from that? So let me let me ask you, fine young gentleman. Let's say there's a guy that consistently shows up late to work. Why, why might be some other reasons he shows up late to work besides that he's a slacker? Um, well, for me, I guess to answer, like, I kind of thought the question was going somewhere else, but it answers. But like, <laughs> if 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 I was in the same position, I feel like one of my first questions would probably be like, "Is everything okay? Like, is everything all right with you?" Just because, like, if someone's consistently showing up late, they either don't care but you know i feel like life's easier when you try and err on the side of the positive yeah definitely and so so with that individual i'd probably ask him like is everything okay because you never know what's going on in someone's life they Mm -hmm. could have their car battery could die (laughs) you know like that that only accounts for one day maybe two (laughs) but like you you know they could have a mother family member in the hospital they could have you know all sorts of these other little things that are happening yeah definitely so what what do you think Gideon what's another reason that uh, somebody might consistently show up late to work um I don't know about consistently but I can think of times when like examples of why somebody would come in late like once or twice like they might have slept in but that's kind of their own problem like they had to study super late I guess that's kind of consistent if like you have <laughs> if you're in college and you have to work a job in the morning you you stay up late and um, like do homework or something and then you sleep in um, I don't know no those are those are good answers and I, and I think what's important is that you guys are seeing that there's more than just this person's always late or is late sometimes because they're a slacker right and I think Roscoe you nailed it when you mentioned before in the conversation that you have with that person Uh, You mentioned bringing up the time card. And so that's an important part of the conversations is bringing up the facts, the the observable things that you see, because those are things that can't be argued with. I found it, uh, Jesse, very helpful when you said that we all tell ourselves a story. Right? We we have an experience. We tell ourselves a story right out of the chute. I find that very interesting Right, whatever that story is that we're telling ourselves, we we try and validate that. Mm-hmm. Whatever that story is, yeah, right. So, um, I have a story that I share, you know, on like a keynote where I talk about the first time I ever had an experience of understanding how poor I really was, you know, growing up. And my dad told me, "Do you do you want love or money?" Mm-hmm. And so, anytime I started making more money, I would look for ways that. <laughs> I couldn't have love. Sure. Right? That they're mutually exclusive because I kept telling myself a story. Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting that some of these stories can be very deep, right? Because my first thing is if somebody's not showing up to work, I go to right to where they don't care. Ashton's going, look, he goes right to where it's compassion and going, seek to understand what this person's really going through. Yeah. You know, but it's still just too, we're both seeing the same observation mm-hmm. or the same fact yeah we're both telling ourselves totally different stories behind those facts yeah exactly and I think that happens a lot just even in life and relationships right I mean I can think of, of plenty of yeah. times where Michelle and I have seen you know because you asked about 
you know, the, our, the way we communicate, we can both observe the same situation or be part of the same situation as it happens and just have two total different stories. Totally told different stories, right? To, yeah, totally different stories. And, and that's why it's important that when you address those conversations, then you are using those facts. And, and you brought up an interesting point because then we start to look for other things that, that validate that, right? Right. You guys want to do it? Let's do a little exercise real quick. Okay. Done. You Sold. With, you yeah. With me? yeah, let's okay. do it. Uh, so I want you guys to look around the room and find, look around for a second and find all of the things that you can see that are black in the room. Looking around, they're all looking, find all the black things. Yep, weird. A lot of black things. Okay, now you guys close your eyes. Everybody close okay. your eyes. Okay. Oh boy. Now tell me everything that you can think of in the room that's red. You know, it's interesting well, you said that because red did catch my eye. I have, I have an American flag over on the right-hand side okay. that's red. Okay. Uh, the poster on to my left has some red in it. Okay. I have a dartboard with red in it. Okay, Roscoe doesn't follow instructions. Well, I'm, I'm kidding. It's my office, right? I no, spend that's, a lot of that's time okay. You do spend a lot of time here. The, the point is, though, do you guys see how as you focus on one thing, it gets harder to notice the other things, right? Yeah. And, and like your dad said, if we tell ourselves a certain story about a person, we start to find the things that validate that story, and we become less open to other options that are plausible. Yeah. That's well, cool. I'm curious. I was one who did, did you guys have any other red things? I The only thing I had was the calendar over here, and I think the dartboard I probably would have come yeah. up with because I, cause I remember when you said start looking around the room, he's like, he's, he's going to make us like memorize something. So I like started looking at the dartboard. I was like, where's all the numbers? Where's like, I was trying to predict. I don't know where I thought it was going, but yeah. See, I'm at a disadvantage because you guys have all spent a fair amount of time <laughs> here. So you, a few you hours have, you have the room memorized. So. Well, what? Say that, Gideon? <laughs> said I couldn't think of anything really. So. Oh, that's funny. Gene? The only thing I thought of was this photo behind you because I knew it had a lot of colors. <laughs> <laughs> I was guessing it had red in it. For the audience, there's no red in that photo. No, no, no red in the photo. Except for on the paint thing. But no. that's like teeny. No, I, I'd have to agree with him. Gene is pointing out his red. It's the third color over oh, on, it his, is. on his will. Yeah, it's a little color. On his color will. Oh, but man. Something Norman. <laughs> A but very, you had to get up very point, small just piece. So you guys know but that, see, yeah. Gene was gonna hedge his bets on on some <laughs> lots of colors. Yeah. Um, but but no, you're absolutely right. So so I th the moral of the story is not if there's red in the office, and that's probably really maroon behind me that I yeah. called out as red. But yeah. but it, that's not the moral of the story. The moral of the story is that because we're looking for the fault in the behavior, we tend to forget some of the other positive. Yeah. Is, is that yeah, part yeah. of the I fairness mean, I mean, or vice versa? We want it to be positive, even if we continually see bad exactly. behavior, because we want to see the good, or we want to, you know, you're you go on a date with a girl and you're like, no, she's giving me all the signs, she likes me. No, no, that that nervousness that she has, you know, is not <laughs> her like going, yeah, I like you. It's like, how do I get out of his presence? It's not. Yeah. A, um, but anyways, so we will tell ourselves these stories, right? I, but I, if I, I had like asked that. you guys to to name things that you saw that were black. Uh, I had a list. I could was have ready. done it easily, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Because I told you to look for those things, and so we do that in in different situations with people where maybe the the guy arrives late. We say he's a slacker, and suddenly we start to look for all of the things that tell us he's a slacker. Is it fair to uh, one of the um, things I heard one time, and and it's always stuck with me, is we tend to want to judge people based on their results, but we want to be judge based on our intention hmm. right and so we're like oh you're late to work well we don't know what that and we 
and, but but if we're late to work, we're like, well, yeah, but I wanted to be on time, and yeah. and my car battery died. You yeah. know, I left early and I got into traffic. Exactly. That that guy's late. He's a slacker. I'm late. It was bad traffic. Right. Yeah. Or or they don't understand. I had to help my wife or my kids or my mm-hmm. dog or my. Not realizing that, hey, if I looked in the mirror, I might be as late as many times as that individual. Yeah, and and that brings it up an interesting thing then is when it comes time to, like you said, have that conversation, how do you hold that person accountable? And uh, it just is, is down to those using those facts like we talked about, things that everybody can see. So you might say something like, here was the expectation, here's what I actually saw, can you help me understand what's going on? You were supposed to arrive at 6 o'clock. You've arrived at 6.05 three times this week. Can you help me understand what's going on? Does it sound like I'm attacking you if I say it that way? No. no of course not. Yeah. Just seeking to, seeking understanding, right? And I'm using the facts which are, are verifiable. It's not my point of view. It's not your point of view. It's just exactly what happened. Simply the facts. Exactly. So, so going to your customer service perspective, sure. do you find that... Um, crucial conversations tend to be very polarizing uh, you know it's it's a little different scenario I think when working with customers mm-hmm. um, I, I will say there, there's two kinds of people uh, there's probably more than two um, but it is very easy when somebody has a problem with your product or with your service and they come to you and complain most of us want to get defensive Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of that same kind of thing where we need to check ourselves maybe it's not in the whole conversation we're going to have but just understanding why is this person complaining and I I often remind people you know that's actually one of the best things you can get is a customer who complains Mm. because that means they like you they like what you're selling and they're giving you an opportunity to fix it so that they can keep doing business with you. Hmm. Now, there's different data and statistics around this, um, but it's usually around like one out of 10 people who had a problem will complain. Hmm. So that means for every person who complains, there's probably eight or nine people who had the same problem and didn't complain. And in most cases, then they're just walking right out the door and going to the other movie theater. Yeah. So, so the reality is they're, they're not as invested in that relationship, right? Exactly. And and yeah. that's that's part of that probably crucial conversation piece, right? Where you're going, it's only crucial because both parties are engaged mm-hmm. and both parties want something from this conversation. Yeah. That's really quite interesting. So with the piece of advice that you sometimes hear, like I've, I've heard it before where it says no matter what you think you're doing, you're getting yourself in the cells because no matter what you have <laughs> to do, you have to sell what sure, you do. Sure, sure. Um, and so, granted, because you put yourself in those positions always, whether it be applying for a new job, trying to start a new relationship, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or anything like that, when you receive a complaint or a criticism, um, since you say a complaint is the best thing do you have, yeah, um, you can have, sorry, um, do you find yourself excited to hear a complaint? <laughs> That's too... Um, bless you. But, but so... Do you find yourself like, oh, yay, they're complaining, like, woohoo? Or how do you adjust your mindset so that a complaint becomes a positive? Yeah, and you're right. I like used a keyword, which is mindset. And it's understanding that, that complaints are a good thing. 
and I try to train people that I work with that when somebody complains to you, usually the first thing I try to say if somebody gives me a complaint is I say, thank you. Mm-hmm. Because it, there's a good chance I didn't know about the issue or the problem. And so I'm saying thank you because they're letting me know for one. I, I may not specifically say thank you for telling me so that I can keep your business, but I, I think that's kind of inferred, right? Right. That, um, if I can fix this problem, they'll stick around and, and be my customer longer. And there's this weird thing that happens where when a customer, if you can imagine kind of like the trajectory of if you have, say, customer loyalty on one axis and you have time on the other axis and, and you, you look at the longer a customer stays with you, that's kind of an upward slope, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, we've got to talk about graphs. I thought we only had to do this in school. <laughs> that but, was Gideon's thoughts you I just know. heard. <laughs> I, <laughs> I could see his face. I, I think what happens is if you can imagine that upward slope, when there's a problem, it, it starts to dip, right? And mm-hmm. if you don't fix it, it'll just drop off completely. But when you do fix it, not only does it come back up, it tends to be a steeper slope mm-hmm. than it was before. So in a weird way, when your customers have problems, if you fix that problem, it's actually an accelerant for customer loyalty. Okay, cool. And and a big part of that is just resolving their issue accordingly. Um, and, I, and I tell people when I'm working with them and how to handle customer complaints, first say thank you and, and just listen to the person. Let them say what they need to say and what they're bothered about. Hmm. And then once they've said it all, then you fix it. You know, I think this plays back into one of the podcast episodes a while back where we talked about assertiveness, right? Hmm. And and we talked about how an assertive person is somebody who can go forward and say, hey, here's my concern and here's where my expectations were mm-hmm. met. Mm-hmm. Right, but now we're learning some of the tools behind how to have the better way to have that conversation and then the commitment factor afterwards. Because I think that's probably fair. And we talk very specifically about customer service, but I could see that being the case in relationships as well. Yeah. Right? You're going along with the relationship. Um, your friend, you know, does X, breaks your bike or whatever. But then you're like, okay, it's a decline. And then you have to have that hard conversation to say, hey, you know, that really upset me. And here's the facts. I loaned you a good bike. <laughs> I got it back with a broken tire, you know. Uh, and I'm frustrated with this, you know, and then, then, then if you can adjust that and fix that, yeah, you know, that, that trend would be much deeper. I think the conversation, that commitment, that um, becomes stronger. Yeah, for sure. Let's, uh, I, I like that approach on relationships. I mean, Ashton, you're how old? 22? 22? Yeah, not okay. 24, yeah. You, you could be married. Gideon's 14. Do, do you think that when you're married, if your wife had feedback for you, would you appreciate her giving that feedback to you? I would, at this moment, I would say yes. I would say <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> and and it's the so it's the same thing with customers. You're building a yeah. relationship with them. It's the same thing with our spouses. I hope that if I'm doing something that bothers my wife, she would tell me so I can fix it. Mm-hmm. And and you know most times we try to fix it. Unless sometimes you'd like to, to poke the bear is what we call it in our house. <laughs> yeah. So so she says, put the toilet paper, oh, you know, so it comes over. Oh, one of those arguments. So I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. do it backwards just to, 
Just to poke the bear. Just Actually, stick it on sideways. And <laughs> <laughs> you can't even Mom, swear, right? Yeah, mom's just happy that there's toilet paper in the bathroom when she goes <laughs> exactly. at this point in time. She's just like, exactly. that's the W to her. She's like, upside, up or over, under, I don't care. I just didn't have to call somebody to come bring me some toilet paper. They, they brought in the new package when the old one ran out. <laughs> that's right, exactly. They didn't and leave it on the stairs so much. That's fair. That's actually really no. That's it, it, good. Good points, right? Fair points, unless you like to poke the bear, which I, these <laughs> boys like to do. Gideon's actually got a bear hat on. Smokey the bear. I I hope I'm not like driving this point to the ground. I'm just I'm asking questions. No, that's I'm good. Curious. I appreciate it. So like so then we've talked about it from a customer service angle, mm-hmm. and I know Dad kind of touched on it from a from a more personal angle. But for you, sure, like say. Your your wife comes to you and they're like, "Yo, what the heck? I'm filing an official complaint. The toilet paper's backwards." Like, <laughs> do you at that point go, "Thank you uh, for that," or uh, like maybe maybe that's not a good example, but like when someone in life, rather than someone at in customer service, comes at you and with yeah. a complaint, yeah. how do you stop yourself from escalating the situation i guess yeah good good question um so so i mean the short answer is yeah it's, it's been a lot of years of marriage a lot of years of working with customers and learning to take the feedback so i i'm not saying i'm perfect but it's just different for me because i'm i've done it a lot and i'm used to it um i would say like if i was at the start of the journey and had to get into this um so firstly, let's say your spouse or a customer comes to you with some hard feedback. Um, if you can't even say thank you, just shut up. <laughs> because the, the worst thing you can do is start talking with like angry emotions, right? Right. Take some time to just think about it, let it settle, and consider what is that person's intent we talked a little bit about intent earlier why are they bringing this up to you why why would my wife say hey i want you to fix this thing well because she knows i'm not perfect Mm -hmm. she would like me to get there (laughs) and you know this is one little thing that uh will help me be a little more perfect in her eyes right that toilet paper's got to be right, man. It, 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 does. <laughs> it does. The to- the toilet paper's a joke. So, so, I, so I have a qu- I find it very useful, so I don't know where the joke is, but I'm glad <laughs> we have it. Um, <laughs> Gene and Gideon are over here going, what, what these guys are talking about potty all the time. But um, so, so, so here's where I'm a little bit, right, the, my follow-up question on the original, right? The first yeah. is to come with the facts how do you prep the other side for the conversation, right? Because I think that's some of the things that keeps us from going to the next step on some of these hard conversations that we're really committed to. Yeah. Right. So for a car, a car example, normally the the answer would be, I'm just looking right. Even though I'm really buying, but I just want to tell you, I'm just looking because it makes it easier for us to have the conversation. Sure. So today Gideon needed some new skis for the ski season coming up. And uh, I just walked up to the list. She goes, can I help you find anything? And, you know, I tend to go, no, I'm just browsing. Yeah. Well, no, no, I'm tired. I want to go home. So I just said, look, I've got a 15-year-old. This is how he skis is what he does. And and normally they go, well, what's your price point? Well, to me, it's a pride thing. I'm like, you show me the most expensive all night. <laughs> and I'm like, let's be honest. He's a kid. He's going to outgrow him <laughs> soon. What's I'm looking for something in, uh, that, that's good but inexpensive. Yeah. Right? 
and 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 to me that's part of me being prepped ready as the buyer mm-hmm. you know for that question because i kind of knew what i was looking for yeah and i didn't have a lot of time to mess around with it in my perception okay she she asked the sales lady asked me that knowing that that you know she genuinely wanted to help she pointed us to the first i don't think we looked at two sets of skis Actually, I know I didn't because you weren't even in the building yet. When I just said, hey, I found these. Do you like them? And he was like, <laughs> those are dope. Yeah. That's exactly what I said. Exactly like, those are so cool. Yep. And Very I don't even think he cares if they ski. They just look. They match our adulting decrypted logo. Well, yeah, but they, they look like what I want. So I'm like, well, if they look the part and she says they work, I trust her because she knows <laughs> skis. So, boom. She works at right. the store. She must know what she's talking about. Yeah, exactly. Um. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but oh, going back to the original question is how do we make sure the other person's prepped for this part of the conversation, right? Because as a salesperson or somebody comes up to you and says, do you need help finding anything? If they say, look, I'm just browsing. Mm-hmm. Okay, thumbs up, no big deal. But if I'm going to talk to my boss about a raise, about going to a friend to talk about how he's consistently late to, you know, there, there's some emotional investment, some emotional baggage, right? Because yeah. even though I might, uh, and then you gave me this advice a couple of weeks ago because I was pretty frustrated with some stuff that was happening to me. And you're like, make sure you stick to the facts, not the stories you've told yourself. Right. Because the stories I've told myself is, oh, I've been very clear. I've been very direct. I've been very bold. Um, and uh, I'd like to share what happened on some of that story, but not on the podcast, right? Because <laughs> the way it resulted. But, but. I had I, what I did in my scenario is I asked for a meeting in advance, mm-hmm. put down the agenda, the things I wanted to talk about. Yeah, made sure I put down their needs first, and then mine buried somewhere at the bottom, so that we could already open up the conversation. But I don't know if that's right, wrong, you know. And that that'd be weird to send a friend a text that says, "Hey, by the way, I have the following <laughs> three points. That when I see you, I want to I talk want to about. make sure we talk about." Yeah. I, and I think Ashton hit it up. He's going, look, I've got to, gone on a date with a girl four or five times. You know, now there's this awkward, where do we go from here? You know, you know, how do you set that up? Hey, tonight when we go out, I want to talk about these three things. You know, I, <laughs> I, I don't. These are the topics you, of discussion that need to be resolved. You, you don't, you don't do that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and hence believe why, it or not. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, maybe that's why I'm single. Who knows. And I need I need the bullet point list. Pull it out at the table. You know, like <laughs> here's some things I would like to discuss. Uh, yeah, I mean we're we're hitting a few different scenarios here. So let me see if I can kind of yeah. Sorry, shoot that was some a lot. That's okay. Uh, so prepping a conversation in a customer service scenario. Uh, firstly, if I am working in any kind of store, retail, whatever, uh, I would never ask, "Can I help you find anything?" Oh, really? Do you know why I would never ask that? Because you're normally, 99% of the time, you're going to get, no, I'm just browsing. Yeah, it's a yes-no question, and they're, they'll almost always say no. So in that situation, I'll say, what can I help you find today? Almost always, in that case, they'll tell me what they're looking for. Huh. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's the same simple, thing with... Simple change in verbs. Yeah, right? I, and I do this at home, because I don't think my wife will listen to this episode. Uh, <laughs> I so I do I do this at home. Depending on how how helpful I want to be, I may say to my wife, you know, say say we've just had dinner, we're cleaning up after dinner. I might say, "Can I help you with anything?" 
and she'll usually say, no, I got this. But if I, you know, I'm feeling really generous and, and <laughs> well, I'm the perfect husband. So what I, what I usually say is, uh, I'll say, what, <laughs> what can I help you with? What can I do to help? And she'll usually have a response for me. Ah, uh, that's a good tool. So, so consider that. What, what, what kind of responses are you leaving people to have to offer, right? Right. Uh, when it, it gets a little more complicated for higher stakes, it's a more challenging conversation, right? And uh, I, I think you, you did really well in, in prepping the, the person you needed to speak with. And I think what's important is that you're not just, uh, just um, what do they call it, blindsiding them. You know, it's, it's nice to let them know, hey, I would like to have a conversation about this thing. You know, whether that's maybe a, a career growth or or with the employee who who is constantly arriving late. I don't know that you necessarily need to schedule a meeting for that. That's right. the kind of thing you can just address in a couple minutes, you know, just, oh, hey, you got a minute. I just wanted to talk to you about something really quick. Uh, the larger the conversation. Now, now if, yeah, if it is yeah. really quick, then you can say really quick. But if you feel like it's going to be something that's going to take time. You know, uh, that's one thing that frustrates me is when somebody comes up and just starts vomiting. And, uh, yeah. That's not the right term. Because if somebody really was vomiting, that would upset me too. <laughs> He's like, how dare you waste my time with this vomit. vomit. This. But, but you make a good point because when you talk about scheduling the meeting with the person who you work with, yeah. when you did that and you talked about your bullets, now you said it jokingly about your bullets, but you knew specifically what you wanted to talk about. And, and the points that you needed to hit. And I think that's important. Similarly, if you're on a date with a girl, you're and you think, you know, we got to have the, the DTR, isn't that what they call it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's the, the lingo. Is that what the young people call it these days? <laughs> um, if you're going to have a DTR, you're probably already kind of running through in your head what that conversation is going to sound like. Right. Because you don't want to talk too much and waste all their time. So... But, but can't you tell yourself a story, though, too, when you've had this conversation in your head before you really have the conversation? Oh, I'm so sure you, got, you can. So you got to be careful of that. And a well. lot of people get themselves into trouble that way because they tell themselves a story, they have the whole conversation, and then they're there in person, and they're like, oh, I already decided where this relationship's going to go. <laughs> so. I've already decided you find me the most attractive man <laughs> exactly. on the planet. <laughs> exactly. Regardless of your opinion. Interesting. No, I liked it. Any question? I mean... And I think part of it is, though, Jesse, is that uh, a lot of times we feel that it's easier not to have a conversation mm -hmm. because we're like, well, the other party's not going to accept it or they're not going to care. They're not interested. But I, I I try to tell my kids, and, and, and we've had this conversation in this room multiple times, that relationships are critical. Mm-hmm. Right, I think that the, I didn't realize at their age how important relationships were to my personal success, not just financially, but but um, maybe emotionally as well, right? Because we talked a lot about marriage, and, and these poor kids that are listening are going, "Really, is this all these guys talk about?" But <laughs> but but we've come to where we're kind of. Uh, Marriage isn't as maybe as critical, and and staying with it isn't as critical as it used to be. And I yeah. think part of it is the conversation, right, that we have to have, that we're afraid to have, on on certain topics, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. And it could be, 
anything finances money toilet paper you know because <laughs> you know and, and i'll say that because one of the things that used to, and i didn't realize that this that after i was married for about a year finally i could i'd ask michelle is there anything i could do the best one is i wait till the dishes are done to say hey i would you like me to help you with that you know because now i know it's a pretty safe bet she's like no, just leave me alone now, because now I'm upset. But, it's <laughs> funny, because on the contrary, she listens to all of our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she, she listens, so. because she realizes a lot of times I say something dumb that she can hold over me now for the next <laughs> week, minimum. Hi, Mom. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, she really liked... Uh, anyways, yeah, so she does, and she gives us good feedback. But what I was trying to say is that I used to take my socks, and when I took them off, I'd roll them down from the top. I don't know why I do that, and it looks like a donut. Okay. You know, and, and, and I don't know why. I just, I did that as a full-grown man. I was still doing that. And she got so mad one day, and she threw one at me. She goes, you got to stop doing this. I'm like, uh, laying in bed. You know, because I couldn't correlate the, the sock throwing with the, any other activity. I'm like, I, I don't know where this is coming from, right? So I was totally blindsided by this whole mm. frustration that she's dealt with for a year quietly. You know, it seems minor, but is, it was, is that because she has to unroll it then to do the laundry? Correct, or okay. to match them? Because okay. she's like, "Look, you want these? You don't? I don't know that I ever said I want these, but she assumed I wanted them matched. You know, <laughs> when I go to pull them out of the drawer, but she's got all these donuts, you know, that don't dry and they're all gross. And she's like, this is, <laughs> yeah, exactly.' Thank and, you. and so, and so, we get to that point where it's like that was too far, right? Almost if. If that would have been something that the first time I'd observed her, but then how do you not do that and not be nitpicky? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's probably this balance in relationships of when it matters and when it doesn't. But but I think that we've almost come to where we'd rather not say anything. So so I like that you pointed out that you've got to have those crucial conversations and you've got to have them early. I think it's also important to remember people will react far more based on what they believe your intent to be than what you actually say. Hmm. Did you get that one? So that, that they're usually hooking more into your intent or what they think your intent is than what you actually have to say. So go back hmm. to the late employee scenario. If you're ap- approaching that employee, you can say the exact same thing about, hey, you know, you've been late three times this week. Is there a problem? What can I do to help you out? If they think that your intent is just that you're a jerk and you hate them, then they're not going to respond well to that. But if they recognize that, oh, hey, Roscoe's a cool boss, he really cares about me, then they'll respond differently to that scenario. Well, and, and I think if I have told myself a different story and try to understand where that person was coming from, yeah. like that Ashton brought up with the compassion and the mm-hmm. thought, mm-hmm. That then, it's, then it's coming off different. I'll bet you there's a perceptual difference. Something, so I keep thinking about this. So, the girl, no, Jean sneezing. Also, no. Should I just be quiet and let you talk? You know, that's typically a good part of conversation. Oh, okay. (laughs) Goes back and forth. It's called active listening. (laughs) Um, but so I I keep thinking about Jean's work experience. Um, with his 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 customer service. See the one at Walmart. Was that the Walmart one? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, you've heard this one already. I have, but I think maybe has Gene shared it on the podcast before? He, he has. Okay. Yeah. Um, Can we get a quick recap? Yes, in I case would, people didn't. Yeah. Gene, do you want to hit us with a that. recap? So, this was the first time I've ever gotten a complaint and the first time I actually used was able to use the phone. So, then this person calls me and is kind of 
kind of screaming, kind of like raising their voice, like, hey, this wasn't, ha- these things, these points are being hit, this is a problem, and I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, what, what do I need to do to help, but I'm new to the phone, so I don't really know what I can do to help, so they're saying these things that I probably could have done, and I'm like, I don't know if I can do that, because I really genuinely didn't know how to do any of that. And then they're like, what can you do? And I'm like, I, I'm i not positive. Without, But I'm like, well, I, I'm not certain. And then they kind of just got mad. and Well, they got mad, and then they're like, I'm going to call. I'm going to talk to your boss. What's your name? And so I can write you up for stuff. And I'm like, at this point, she's kind of pissing me off. <laughs> so I'm like, my name is Gene. Come at me, which probably wasn't right. I actually I know that wasn't right, but it felt good in the moment. Not gonna lie. There was no, hey, I'll go get my boss, so um, I know what I can do. But the neither of the managers were back there at that moment, so I'm like, I don't know where they are. They even like, can I see the manager? I'm like, I don't know where any of them are. I can't, I can't do that. Do, do you still have that job? <laughs> I recently quit because I was doing other things with musical theater and trying to clear up my space because it's hard there it's a hard schedule to work around in a high school schedule. Okay. Did 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 they actually call and complain to your manager? I'm not sure. Okay. If they did, you never heard. Yeah, about the, it. you never heard about it. If they did, it, and that scenario, I think, is one that it's not uncommon. I mean, I don't know how many people say come at me. <laughs> but uh, but the, the number one issue that I see with, with customer service, uh, it's almost always a training issue. And, and I look at this scenario where you're saying, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to solve the problem. That's not on you. That's, that's on your manager. They, they should be the ones showing you what to do and how to handle those kind of scenarios. And so I'm glad to hear that they didn't weren't like, what you, why'd you say come at me and then fire you? Because, like I said, that that's on them. Okay, you saying come at me is not on them. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that you didn't know what to do to solve their problem, that that, that would be on, on your leadership there. Yeah, I remember him telling us that story. And everything I was following, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And then he's like, come at me. I was like, oh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, and... and, and I'll be honest, you know, I, I said early on that I've served a million customers. I wasn't nice to all of them. Uh, <laughs> I I had my times, just like you said, people get you mad sometimes. It's it's poking yeah. the bear, right? And sometimes yeah. you do that with customers even. I, uh, I used to manage an arcade um, way back in the day. You guys remember arcades before, like Xbox yeah. and PlayStation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nickelcade. Yeah. Nickelcade. Yeah. I love Nickelcade. Yeah. It's cool. We also went to an arcade in, I don't remember where it oh. was, but we went to a pier and we went to like an actual arcade. Yeah, San arcade. Francisco. Okay. The, oh, the that was so weird. That it was, was like cool, something, exp- um, Emporium, Arcade Emporium or something oh, in San yeah. Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so so what what I used to do when I worked there um, because we closed at, at whatever time. Let's say it's 11 o'clock and we're closing and people are out there playing their games. Uh, I would just go in back and, and turn off all the breakers and, and shut off all the games. 
And then I would come out and they would be like, oh, hey, what happened? The game's all turned off. And I was just like, sorry, bro. It's on a timer. They all turn off when they close. <laughs> it's like a safe at a bank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, hey, can we get a refund? No, sorry. I, uh, cash register's already closed out for the night. So also on the same timer. Like. You can you can <laughs> save those tokens for, for next time. Um, and, and what I learned, I mean, it's usually just like a really small fix. To, for a situation like that because and, and again I, I mentioned leadership earlier mm-hmm. part of the reason that I did that was because my boss was getting on me about when it's time to close you need to be done in X amount of minutes so you can get out of there because we have to pay labor right and so if I'm letting these people play games all night long then I'm, I'm stuck there and then my boss is getting mad at me and so what we came up with for a fix was that 15 minutes before we closed we would just turn off the like the change machines you put your money in and you get like tokens Mm. out we just turn those off 15 minutes before we closed and then people would usually run out of tokens by the time it was time to close if they didn't run out of tokens like they were pretty close right Right. so and they probably conditioned them basically exactly so then i'm not i'm not there waiting for them all night long they're not playing games and i'm not being a butthole and, and turning off all the games while so they're like I almost had the Pac Man high score. What the hell? Yeah, 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 exactly. I've literally heard that. <laughs> playing the, the, the basketball hoop shooting. Oh, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna beat this guy and then it turned off. I'm just like sorry man, I'm tired. It's on a timer. I gotta go home. <laughs> it's on a timer. Congratulations, you won. Yeah. You are exactly. the official winner. Have a good night. Pretty sure you would have won. Uh yeah. Get out. A little bit of shallow victory. So if if I can ask one more question, hey, I know we're kinda on time but um so would you say that there's been a defining moment where you've started to look at where there was you started to look at customer service differently um because from that story it sounds kind of like oh the customer gets what they get you know sucks (laughs) you know and now it's the the things that we've been talking about today are kind of like see the other perspective try and resolve the issue yeah yeah. what do you have any like experiences and stories that you'd be willing to share that might have helped that mindset yeah yeah i mean it's a it's a combination of experiences i think for sure um because i can see where at the same time that i was turning off games on people i was still telling other people that i worked with that oh hey we got to be really good at customer service we got to take care of our customer but then i would go and do something like that right yeah. and and so there was over time, I became less of the jerk and more really focused on, on serving customers. Um, I, probably where it began to change for me uh, was when I started to develop some training for employees because for me, generally, except for in the scenario you just heard, I felt like I was really good at customer service. And I would always use that phrase, take care of your customers. You have to take care of your customers. And then one day I realized that that's kind of ambiguous. Like, take care of your customers. What, what does that mean? You know, it's, it's different things to different people. And so I, I started developing training for my employees. And what, what's the, how's the thing that they say that, like, to, to teach is to learn twice over? Mm. Or some quote like that. Something like that, yeah. Anyway, and so the more that I did research so that I could train this to other people uh, was when I really began to see a paradigm shift in myself. Uh, that's that's when I started to realize I, I kind of came up with a good template so that I could train any person how to deliver good customer service. And 
that's when I started to see the importance of, you know, every single customer is important. What can I do to keep them all happy, keep them all coming back? Um, I, I will <laughs> say also, you all right? We'll see. <laughs> yeah, um, part of it, it also came with just understanding of business. When you're a teenager, like when I'm working the drive-thru at Wendy's, like I don't care how many cars come through the drive-thru, but my boss is going like, come on, you got to go faster. We got to get more cars through the drive-thru. Got to get as many as we can. Yeah. When I got to the point that I, I was like an assistant manager and really had a stake in the business and had access to the numbers of the business, how much money was coming in, where that money was going, whether it was for labor or whatever other expenses, it became like a scorecard to me. Mm. and and I'm kind of prideful, and I like to win. So I, I want to get the highest score here. Well, what do you know? I can get the highest score in business by offering the best service to my customers. Mm. If I keep them coming back and they stay happy all the time, I get the highest score. Uh, yeah. So years ago, just... As long as somebody doesn't turn off the power on Exactly. No. Uh, quick example. I, uh, I You guys are familiar with Fat Cats. Yep. Been to Fat Cats. I, I used to manage at Fat Cats. It's not the place that I ran the arcade. Uh, this was later on. So I was managing at Fat Cats while I was going to school at BYU. And uh, this guy started coming in. His name was Brian. And we started chatting. He'd come in every Monday night at 9 o'clock and came in just he and a friend. And then a couple weeks later, there was four of them. And then there was like eight of them. And one week, he brought in 10 people besides himself. And I told him, I said, hey, uh, why don't you just both, you can, you can play for free tonight because you brought in 10 people. That's, that's pretty cool. And his friend was there with him and said, how come Brian gets to bowl free? And I said, well, he brought in 10 people. If you bring in 10 people, I'll let you bowl for free too. So the next week, they showed up with 20 people. <laughs> and so, so back to my scorecard. Now my scorecard is like getting better, right? I'm winning yeah. the game because I'm, I'm getting more people in. They're having a great time. And Brian came consistently uh, for a couple of years. And we went back and looked and we figured, I'm going to say it was March. I don't, I don't recall for sure, but probably about the, the start of March, we, we were looking and, and I said, hey, you've been coming in for a year. You, you've come in every week, Monday night, 9 o'clock for a year. He said, in two weeks, it, it's going to be a year. Let's do something really awesome. Just like invite everybody you know. Bring in a bunch of people and I'll give you guys a, a special rate to come in and bowl. So in a couple of weeks, he comes in, 10 people, 20 people, 30 people, 40 people, 50 people. <coughs> End of the night, he brought in 67 people. Holy cow. Now, here's the thing. Like, it's not just because, like, Brian and I were tight. Like, he came. He had a good experience. I, I quote, unquote, took care of him as my customer, right? Right. And he knew he could count on that, and he felt comfortable inviting <coughs> 67 other people to right. come and experience that and so it's, it's scenarios like that that so then taking it back to where we started at the very beginning what if brian had had a complaint <coughs> early on yeah no matter <coughs> you, you okay now? i got it okay <laughs> no, no matter what he's taking care of no matter what brian's complaint is like i, I want to fix that right because everybody has that potential to to become that that kind of customer mm-hmm. right that's really cool. I like that. Just being able to see the potential oh, from yeah. each customer. Yeah. Every every single one matters. Now, it's not to say, I mean, you, you will come across a few that you have to fire as customers. 
I don't think I've ever had to do that, but I've worked with people that I know have. Um, I, I had a manager that I worked for a few years ago that one of my coworkers was working with a customer and, and it was kind of a long-term relationship, how we worked with these customers. And, and so they purchased services through us and she kind of managed his account. He was upset about something and he called her and and he swore at her he was very mean very belligerent and um our manager talked to the customer and just said hey you know what we we don't really think that's appropriate you know we try to keep it cool keep it professional we understand you're upset and we're going to work to fix this but that's not how we resolve things yeah. the customer did it a second time and the manager called and just said we're not going to do business with you anymore and and that at the same time, like every customer is important, but at the same time, I mean, so is your mental health and like exactly well, and, and the customer that but your employee, your internal customer now yeah. becomes more important. And kudos to your manager for doing that, and the company for standing behind that, yeah. right? Because yeah, because I I believe that in business as well. I'm like, yeah, you can get hot, you can get frustrated, but it doesn't have to be at the individual. It can be at the situation. Yeah. It can be, but you still have to hold yourself accountable at the higher level because i've had those conversations the customers yeah i'm sorry i'm my bad do you know what i mean because because a lot of times people go yeah I'm, i i blew it yeah you know they realize they're out of line but if they repeat the behavior then you're like yeah it's just not worth the relationship yeah yep. so i feel like we've kind of done this meandering path a little bit between crucial conversations and customer service um my question to you um to to the the to be adulting group, right? <laughs> Not that Jesse and I really consider ourselves adults. We just happen to have children that are becoming adults. Um, the question is, is what, what gaps do we need to fill in to help you feel like you can have those conversations? Because to me, the, the biggest shame in life is when you know something's bothering you or you need to address something, but you don't, right? The longer you let some of those conversations linger, thinking they'll take care of themselves, they have two options. One, they get worse. Right, and somebody finally throws a pair of socks at you and says, "I'm done. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Marriage is over." You know, <laughs> or you get to that relationship or that part in your relationship where you go, "We never talked about the underlying." So the, the either me as an employee has told myself this story, or the manager has told himself that story. That right. the business has told themselves that story that that they've departed. You know, and this this goes back to room. Um, roommate relationships this can go to family relationships this can go to customer service relationships you know this 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 having these conversations crosses so many boundaries so i really asked i guess i guess the question because jesse and i feel like we understand the con i feel like i understand the concepts more because of personal coaching and conversations and stuff that we've done but what what gaps are we leaving on the table for you guys I know there's some conversation that, that you need to have, Ashton, that you probably don't want to go into on the on the <laughs> podcast, but is there anything that could help you have that conversation as far as we've talked about laying it out, we've talked about kind of mapping out, letting the other party know what's coming, because on, on the conversation that you need to have is fairly large, right, and, and it's fairly complex to you in your life, but, um, you know, so, so letting the party know. You know, hey, we're going to have a conversation about it because it's not like it 
dating relationship. It's more of a professional relationship, right? And then there's the customer service aspect where you provide the services, you know. So, so I'm asking the adults, what <laughs> else are we? Uh, they're to to be adults. What else are we missing? Anything well, from you, Gene Gideon? I yeah. feel like Ashton has something really yeah, You asked me a question. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted me to answer no, it. No, no, I know Ashton has a question, but I wanted to make sure they didn't have any questions. No, you either. asked me a question. I didn't no, know that if was you wanted me to ago. answer it or not. Oh, yeah, because you kept talking, but okay. I'm done. Okay. Gideon and Gene in 10 years are going to be like, oh, I have this tough conversation. I feel like I remember talking about something. And they can rewind. We're going to listen to be it. Be kind years rewind. Ago. Years ago, yeah. Do you have to go. rewind a podcast? But anyways, go ahead, Ashton. So the question that was asked was, um, do you feel like there's anything you could do to prepare for that sort of conversation? And for me, like, um, with the conversation in mind, um, it has to do with, or at least going to crucial conversations generally, I feel like it's good to be informed Mm -hmm. prior to you going. And I think it's the same thing as without making snap judgments, you know, when someone comes up with something like, oh, that's everything black in the room. For me, it's, it's being informed and then something else that I found has really helped me in my conversations and in my relationships is working on presenting my ideas like I'm not attached to them. Um, because for me, I've learned to recognize that um, my ideas are not the only ideas. Sure. And very rarely are they the best ideas. Mm-hmm. And very rarely are anyone's individual ideas the best ideas. It normally ends up being a conglomerate of the, yeah, of the society that creates something. So... For me, I've found that relationships, conversations have gone better when I've been able to present my idea, and I've done my best to communicate through either body language or in my wording, my phrasing, because I do a lot of teaching to high school students as well. And so when I'm teaching them or when I'm talking with people about creative prospects, I try and communicate through my body language or through through what I say to say, look, I know this isn't the only solution. What are you seeing? Yeah. You know, what are you struggling with? Um, and that doesn't relate entirely to the conversation that you're talking about, Dad. But it, in a way, it still kind of does. Well, I think it totally Because does. I have to, because with those larger conversations, you have to recognize that no matter how much research that you've done, you still have someone else's point of view that you mm-hmm. have to deal with. Exactly. And so... And there's no sort of preparing that you can do for that other than maybe knowing the individual for a long time. And so long story short, for me, that conversation would be specifically research, but then also going into a conversation without your solution in mind. Because when you go go to a conversation knowing that, like, well, actually I had an interesting, I had an interesting interaction the other day um, when it came to education. Um... When you, when you teach, there's often students who have trouble focusing or they bounce around or they don't listen to someone as well as they do listen to someone else. And um, I was talking to someone about it. I was like, well, how do you get people to listen to you? And for me, it's like I try and recognize that that student has a different background than I do. Mm-hmm. I can't talk to them like they're 22. Right. I have to talk to them like they're 15, <laughs> like they're 16, or they're they're going to be like, this guy's too old for me, right. you know? And so for me, it's, I, I'm going on, but that's that's my answer to the question is you've got to, you got to understand that that person has a different mindset. 
in order for you both to grow, you have to be able to accept their mindset yeah. into your belief. And, and I think it's very important to remember in any conversation you have, whether customer or personal relationship, whatever, there's only one person whose actions and thoughts and feelings you can control, and that's your own. Uh, I had a convert. Hold on, I think that I think that is worth repeating because it's so hard to accept that. Yeah. Right. So what? This whose actions and beliefs can you control? Uh, The only person's actions and thoughts and beliefs and opinions and feelings that I can control is my own. Hmm. And so even though. You know, maybe you you go through a whole crucial conversations training. You learn all of the steps. You can approach someone, go through all of the steps perfectly, uh, but it's still there's still some things that are in their court, and and you have to accept that and be okay with that. Uh, I I spoke with a person who um, is associated with the crucial conversations training, has extensive knowledge and experience in it, and he talked about how you know. He and his wife started to have trouble in their marriage, and he used every skill he could think of and everything he learned. He lot of, did a lot of the base research for what be- became a book and a training, and uh, in the end, it wasn't enough to save his marriage because he can only control his own thoughts, feelings, and actions. Hmm. Yeah, I th- and, and that's so profound, I think, because of what you, Ashton, was, what you mentioned earlier that I was kind of wound up on when you say, look, you go, you, you, you mentioned, you go into a conversation without predicting an outcome, right? But yeah. since we're all in cells, right? I always go, <laughs> oh, the goal is to how to close the deal, right? Whatever the said deal is. Yeah. Increase in this personal salary, you know, kind find a good relationship with a friend, do the right BRT to where the girl likes you. You know what I mean? Or, did I say that right? No. No. DRT. DTR. Dang it. Good thing I'm not dating, honey. I I quit a long time ago. <laughs> or I'm still dating her and she just deals with me. Um but you know because my mind goes, "No, no, you got to have the outcome. You got to cuz I think most meetings should have a goal of what you're trying mm-hmm. to accomplish." Mm-hmm. Well, actually I I believe all meetings should. But because I feel like sometimes just sitting there and talking is of no value to either party either. But that's totally different than what you expect the outcome to be, right? So that's that's a big shift for me is to say I don't want to predict the outcome, but I need to have the conversation, right? Because it's two different results. Yeah, yeah. well, and, and so for example, let's take the example of the employee who arrives late. When you're going to approach that conversation with them, you know that at the end of that conversation you want to have a solution where they are not arriving late anymore but i think to ashton's point you don't get to decide what that solution is yeah i would agree i think i think the common ground is still the solution to the meeting but it's the process that varies yeah you you know you want to find a solution but you can't you don't get to determine what the solution is you know, I love this, and, and Mary, if you're listening to this, I hope you don't mind that I share this. has been 20 years ago. But she used to work for me, and she was my administrative assistant. She was the best admin I've ever had. But part of her job role was that she needed to start at 8 o'clock. And the reason she had to start at 8 o'clock was so that she could process the, the head count and, and get the staffing mm-hmm. up to date. 
so that when we came in now my requirement wasn't to be in by eight o'clock because I would be there till six or seven you know but but I needed that function and we had this conversation over and over and over to where finally it came the solution was it was time to part ways mm. because that wasn't a reasonable that wasn't as critical as some of the other things in life sure right and so to both your guys's points is sometimes the resolution is still departure yeah and and leaving but you can still leave in very good relationship yeah right i mean it was still a very strong relationship she'd still come and watch the kids still huh. went and did stuff you know because she that that relationship is still there because we had those hard conversations and neither one took it personal yeah because really you're looking out for the best interest of both parties i guess at that point in time so i yeah this is that was good insight ash and i appreciate you calling that out good job that um so in recap <laughs> just anything you wanted to add to anything we missed on on crucial conversations, customer service. Here's the reality. We could go for hours and hours. We could. I've seen some of your training, um, fantastic stuff. You know, so if you're looking for somebody to help you on the training for customer service, customer, and really we shouldn't call it customer service that you do. It's really customer engagement, expectations. You know, service is just one of the elements of yeah. a round, a well-rounded, but it plays very well into what we're talking about. So yeah. is there anything we missed? Anything you'd like to add? You know, I don't know if there's anything I'd like to add. Just uh, just to reiterate a, a couple of points. One, when you're having that tough conversation with somebody, uh, consider their intent. What are other stories that you can tell from the facts? And remember that you can only control your own actions and emotions and feelings. So even, even if you approach the conversation perfectly, that doesn't mean that you're going to find a perfect solution. Well, that's that's probably that in the nutshell. That's my big takeaway for tonight. <laughs> so thank you. All right. So um, thank you for coming and joining us. Hey, we appreciate for it. That was uh, a lot of fun. Jesse, Jesse, what's website people can see at? Um, LinkedIn handle, whatever. Uh, yeah. So uh, LinkedIn, uh, you can find me at Jesse B. Good, just the initial B. Uh, you can email me if you'd like, ask questions, uh, jesse at apprendi, that's A-P-R-E-N-D-E-Y dot com. Uh, that's my website as well, apprendi.com. And uh, again, we talked a lot about uh, customer service, customer experience this evening. Happy to answer those kind of questions. Happy to answer just regular communication questions. I'm, I'm not a counselor, so uh, I don't know how good I am at, <laughs> at marital concerns. <laughs> Uh, I can only base it off of my own experience. Um, you know, one thing we didn't add that, that I don't think my boys know, but how many how many children do you have? Uh, my wife and I have eight kids. So if you have parenting advice, up to 16 at this I point in time, 17? Yeah, my oldest is 16, and, and I don't think that quantity of children qualifies me for offering <laughs> parenting advice. It quality really just means, quality. It means no. that there's one thing that I'm really good at, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean parenting. We will leave that alone. Uh, two kids, or no, one put his hands into the face, the other one now will not make uh, eye contact. I was thinking patience, but you know. <laughs> I appreciate See, he's always thinking the best. He's always, That's it's what intent. I meant. It's intent. Patience. My bad. Uh, no, you're too I, good. I meant patience. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. That's yes. not what you guys thought of? <laughs> Gideon, what's... what's... <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> 
so thank you um really appreciate it uh, great information time for the next segment who adulted this week i adulted this week all right gene was it about the buggy this time no, no, the buggy's been running quite good, even though I did do a little thing with it, just had to fix the gas pedal out in the parking lot. It wasn't too bad. Um, what I was going to talk about was I had to talk to, I had to kind of be the customer with customer service. Interesting. So I had to talk to this, the Johnston's people for like, they do like, the class rings, the cap and gowns, tassels. Oh, yeah. Senior getting ready to graduate. Yeah. And so I had to talk to them and figure out how to get some certain deals that they have advertised. Like they say free cap and gown with the purchase of a jewelry like above $100 or something like that. So I had to figure out how to get that even though there was already a down payment on the jewelry. And then... I was able to figure out stuff like tassel comes with the cap. It's just the generic one, but I don't really care. Just the different informations that I needed to get to learn what to do. And I even had to ask like uh, an yeah. adult or yeah, something else no, that knows more than me. Yeah. And I also had to call mom to be like, do I have all the information or do you have any more information I need to know? And so then I had to call her twice. Just think I finished, called her, went back, thought I finished, came back, called her with the information I knew got, now got, and to help make the decisions to continue on forward. Gotcha. Well, yeah, that's, you know, I think there's two things you did there that was very adult. One is you obviously had the hard conversations, right? Did you still, did you end up getting your discount? I did end up getting the free cap and gown. Awesome. Good job. So then you knew what you wanted. You were able to get that resolved. And then you knew when to call on outside advice, right? And um, I think that's part of being an adult is sometimes saying, okay, what should I do um, on said opportunity? So well done. Congratulations on adulting. Thank you. And that's it for this episode. We look forward to hearing from you on either Crucial Conversation, Customer Service, and uh, we look forward to, to, to seeing you on our different platforms. Uh, remember, follow us Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, all those different platforms. We also now have a Reddit chat, so if you want to join us on that, if you want to ask questions there, if that's your thing, um, look forward to interacting with you. And that is all. Like an adult Talked about crucial conversation for the very first time like an adult learning when to do and how to resolve and how to resolve oh yeah thank you for listening to this week's episode of adult and decrypted we really enjoyed having this week's conversation and we hope you did as well if you ever want to comment on the topics you can send us a message to our website adultingdecrypted.com 
our email, adultingdecrypted at gmail.com, or through our Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn accounts at adultingdecrypted. If you have any topics for the show that you would like us to talk about, or if you are a parent and want us to talk about something your kids should know, send us a message on any of the accounts mentioned. If you'd like to be a guest or have an idea for someone you think we should have on our show, feel free to send us an email detailing your thoughts to adultingdecrypted at gmail.com. Adulting is teamwork. We have merch. If you want to show off your adulting decrypted pride, check out our website, adultingdecrypted.com, or our partner website with shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash adulting dash decrypted. Lastly, if you enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at Adulting Decrypted. Along with the benefits that come with our Patreon, and trust us, there are some pretty good ones in there, you will not only be helping us continue in the effort to make great content, but you will be part of a community of individuals all trying their best to adult. We appreciate you listening, enjoying, and leaving your positive reviews. Now, the special song from Gene and Gideon.